Welcome to the Not an Island podcast. This is the podcast series where we talk about faith, family, and autism, and that little corner of the world where all of that meets. Uh, we are your hosts, Todd and Amanda. We're the Johnsons. And in today's episode, uh, what do we have, Amanda? What are we talking about? So we just decided to wing one, wingy. Uh, but I really thought it was vital and important to share Ezra's journey and kind of his story with everyone. Uh, yeah. We could start all, start all the way back at birth, if you want to. Way back. Way back. All right. So uh, those of you who know us know, but those of you who don't, um, I was active duty military for seven years. We were mm-hmm. stationed overseas my whole career. And over in the big island of Guam, Hoffa, if you're from Guam, what's <laughs> Hoffa, up? Hoffa, Guam. Uh, yeah, we spent three years over there. And, uh, you know, Amanda couldn't get pregnant. She, we were having a little bit of an issue for a few years. Fertility issues, Fertility hormone issues. issues, a lot. And uh, Amanda yeah. had a dream one day mm-hmm. as I was out processing at the end of my enlistment. Uh, Amanda had a dream. Yeah, the Lord gave me a dream, and in that dream, um, he told me that he was going to heal my body, and that I was going to have a son named Ezra Daniel. (laughs) And I woke up like, what? You know, because the doctors were saying the opposite of that. And um, I think the Lord had to really kind of take me on a journey that I had had way too much uh, stake and bank in what the doctors had said. Mm. And so it just, it led me on a journey of faith to believe him for what he had promised me. And uh, within a few months of just praying and believing within a short period of time, I was pregnant with Ezra. Yeah. And literally, not exaggerating, the day that I came home with orders in hand, which those of you who are are military or know someone who's military is close to you, once you have your orders, it's like the point of no return, right? So the day I came home with orders in hand, I walk home and she's holding a positive. When he when he says orders, he means orders that said we were separating, separating. from the military. Like it's like we were going home. You can't turn around. This is it. This like is you're, it. You're making the big jump. No more health care from Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam. You know all that. No home to go to. All of that. And uh, she was holding a pre- positive pregnancy test. Yeah. And I just about. Because <laughs> uh, we were okay with obeying God, just the two of us going home to nothing and, and starting over. Yeah, but this was a, it kind of threw a whole new uh, aspect into it. But we knew what God had told us to do, mm-hmm. and He already knew. He had already told me about Ezra beforehand, so yeah. He knew. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. uh, fast forward eight months, you, you had been having some issues with... Uh, Blood pressure. You had preeclampsia, pretty bad. Uh, uh, was spiking and dipping and spiking and dipping. It was at the very end of my pregnancy. I honestly had a very, other than the morning sickness, I had a very healthy pregnancy. It was at the yeah. very end. I just started to have my blood pressure just go up out of nowhere. Yeah, and then uh, here came Ezra at eight yeah. months, eight months yeah. gestation, a which month means early. he was a month early. He mm-hmm. was. Uh, and you would not know it by the size and development that this child has now. He is an absolute unit. But when he when he was um, uh, when he was a newborn, I remember I could literally hold him in my hand, and his feet were hanging off my wrist, and his head was barely yeah. 
both he, he and his brother were born at the exact same time, a month early, and they yeah. were both extremely healthy and big. Like yeah, four. Massive. So I'm glad they didn't make it nine months. I know. Wow. Been 10 pound babies. Regardless, uh, you know, Ezra had a lot of difficulties even at birth. Yeah. It was so traumatic. It was a traumatic delivery, an emergency delivery where they, um, they couldn't get the spinal in my back, and so they knocked me out. Um, he and was going into distress as he well. He was going into distress, and so it was an emergency thing. And I'll say right away, bringing Ezra home from the hospital, we didn't know what to expect. We were brand spanking new parents who never had a baby before. What are you going to say? One second. When she says bring him home, we'll post a picture up <laughs> right here. When she says home, she literally means a... 10 foot by 8 foot Home Depot shed that was about, what, would you say 20 yeah. years old? Outside my parents' house. I don't know how old it was. Yeah. We called the Love Shack. The Love Shack. They didn't like that, but it's all right. We really thought God would like, yeah. you know, everything would just be set up real quickly, but there was a yeah. process of, of faith. That's a whole other story. That's a whole other story, But yeah. he provided every single thing we needed oh, every man. step of the way, and uh, yeah, that's a whole Literally, story. Literally, when you would... Uh, Get out of our full size bed between two full grown adults. We would get out of this full size bed, and we when you would sit your feet on the ground to put your boots on to go to work. Uh, at my job that God blessed me with, my knees were literally touching Ezra's bassinet. Yeah, you so, know he was he was born in a manger. Born much. in a manger. Yeah, <laughs> that pretty much it. But yeah. it was. No um, hair animals. Yeah, that, that season was so beautiful, though. It really was. It was yeah. such a precious time. It was also the most difficult, probably one of the most difficult yeah. times of you my know, entire life, his yeah. babyhood. Ezra did not sleep. He did not all. sleep. From the, from the moment that we brought him home from the hospital, you know, everybody says you're not going to sleep, but he woke up every 15 minutes, and he and just screamed and screamed and screamed. And we would take turns every 15 minutes. We'd and, bounce him and, and um, try yeah. everything we could um, to soothe him. Turned out he had a severe, he was holding the milk down, which is not normal with lactose intolerance and a dairy protein allergy, but he started to poo-poo blood, TMI. But then they realized, okay, he's got both of these allergies. And it's it's like the damage was done in his gut uh, because we were having to feed him formula because I I had been so ill that I wasn't producing enough to feed him. Um, And so... So yeah, it was that was the beginning of his life. It was, it was a really, very really traumatic hard. life. Uh, mm-hmm. Eight months, we had an emergency. We won't go into all that in this episode, well, but I mean, we can we can. It's part of his journey. At eight months old, he was life flighted. Yep, he was life flighted. Um, he he got extremely ill and ran a really high fever and was misdiagnosed several times. Uh, and he in got s- in the emergency room. Um, we were there from six a.m. and he got severely dehydrated and they. They weren't able to get an IV in him, and so they had to drill into his shin bone and mm-hmm. send us to Dallas. And we nearly lost Ezra at yeah, eight months at eight old. Months old. Um, that was very life threatening and is a critical uh, condition. And and if you're curious, that's where our first song uh, yeah. that we have on iTunes. That's like the first. They may not even know we did yeah, that. You probably don't know. It's not a big deal at all. But it is. It's our it's our first song, and the, the song message is. Still, it hits home for us, but it's just been like an anthem over Ezra's life. Mm-hmm. And the Lord literally told me in the, in the hospital room one night when he was so ill that he could barely move. He just said, "Amanda, even when it looks like nothing's happening, everything's happening. Like up here, just just I need you to come up here and see." And 
that just shifted my heart and my mind. And I was like, if you're saying this, then that's what I have to do. And so, so much of Ezra's life, he's reminded me, you can't look at what circumstantial is going on right now. I've promised you something more and you need to come up and see him like I'm seeing him. So absolutely. So that was, he was uh, 10 months old at the time. He was eight months old when he got at the time. Uh, fast forward, you know, he started, things started to turn around for him. He started to show some signs of, you know, uh, at that age, it's hard to tell what a kid is going at. And I'll also say he was very ill, uh, from a young age, two months, two months old, he got RSV and he just was continually sick with things. And we were continually in and out of the emergency room, um, continually just, just dealing with, and we didn't know, like, that's not really normal normal. either. Uh, but yeah, at a year old, despite all odds <laughs> against all the things that he had been through, he was developing, typically, he was still in normal range with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think hitting, we we said this in another one, but... He was hitting developmental milestones. He was uh, saying words, like full-blown words, and showing signs of communication yeah. that were on par or ahead with his peers. And I'm going to go ahead and say this, even though I know it's controversial and please don't come for me or Todd or we're not going to get into the whole thing. But Ezra's regression was immediately following his 18 month. It was actually his 12 month vaccinations that he got at 18 months. Because he was so sick. He had been so sick. Year we, we were behind. And, uh, and yeah, so uh, he got the vaccinations and ran a really high fever. And I, listen, this is not a anti vax pro vax no, like no, i'm no, we're no. just we're do whatever you feel like is best mm-hmm. best for your child but this this is what happened with ours and he ran a really high fever and they even the doctors even classified it as a vaccine injury yeah. um with, with what happened because it was such a severe reaction to uh he, to, he ran super high fever turned he was super lethargic um and yeah, and that we, lethargy lasted for over a year. It yeah, was yeah. like he was a zombie pretty much for we lost over all a eye year. contact, we lost every word he ever spoke. And uh I would say, you know, even still I would say they say that the eighteen month regression happens despite vaccinations. It's just a thing with autism. And yeah. there were things before that, you know, very well could have led it. It was like the perfect storm kind of thing. Yeah, so I would we say don't the we don't blame in my opinion was was the straw that broke yeah, the camel's. There was back. just there were a, a lot, lot of other of straws things. on that back before. Uh but regardless Yeah, you we're know, not trying to we're uh, not trying to start a war. <laughs> yeah, that's in the end Hide nor hair. Yeah, it, exactly. Like it, the truth, the truth is, he is who he is, and the Lord made him fearfully and wonderfully, and yeah. we accept him for who he is. So, yeah. I just want to lay that disclaimer out there with all of these things we're talking about. Yeah. Um, but that happened at around, yeah, 18, 18 months. months. And then uh, the rest of his life, you know, what, uh, three years old, he... Well, so just before, just before a year old... Uh, we contacted a local therapy, uh, in-home therapy service that went till he was three years old yeah. called Opportunities. And he started early intervention. I just want to say that. He started right away because we were super proactive. We yeah, were yeah. desperate. We had noticed the delays starting to yeah. show their head. Yeah. So he had he had a solid, well, I say before he was a year old. It was probably like a year and a half old until he was three. He was in early intervention, speech, yeah. uh, speech, occupational therapy, and 
physical therapy. I'm sorry if our timelines are off. Our son is seven, almost seven years old yeah, now, we're so trying we're to remember trying to figure everything. things out as we talk. But um, yeah, yeah. So that happened, and then uh, around two, somewhere around there, uh, his pediatrician uh, worked with us to get an evaluation done mm-hmm. at Children's Hospital. And there is a massive waiting list, and yes. we won't get into all that, but there is a massive waiting list. And mm-hmm. we managed to make it to another children's hospital. We another, thought. Yeah, in our own home state instead. Yeah. Uh, we were on a wait list for a year and a half. In another state. And uh, a local therapist was telling me, hey, Amanda, there's there's another option. You know, you should talk to your pediatrician. And they, they were like, well, you've already been on this wait list this long. If you get off, you know, you can't get back on it. Yeah, we weren't having it. And we weren't having we're, it. We, like, we, we fought. We're not going to wait for years. Like, we need. <laughs> and then. <laughs> well, hold up. Before, before we go any further, we didn't know. And yeah. you may not know if you have a young yeah. child. You can be on multiple waiting lists. Mm-hmm. It's not one or nothing. You can be on multiple waiting lists. Yeah. So a lot of times, um, a lot of times doctors won't do it because they just don't feel like it's necessary. But if like you are the child's parent and you are ultimately their voice, so if if you voice that enough and say, "Look, my child needs help, and I want to get this intervention done as early as possible," yeah. Um, you can be on multiple lists. And I just want to, I also just want to say this. So we're talking a lot of practical things right now, but emotionally for Todd and I, we did oh, not want this to be so. Yeah, Everything in us, we we didn't know what that meant. We'd never, we had never dealt with, I mean, I had worked with children with autism actually. And when we were stationed in Germany and I fell in love with them and I'm mm. so grateful because I do believe that, the Lord prepared my heart and mind even to raise a son, and that just touches me. But in that point in time, we were so clueless as to what that meant. Mm-hmm. We're afraid for his future. We're afraid for everything, you know, and, and we're just like holding on to Jesus like, please, Lord, we don't understand this and don't let this be. And uh, we were in a faith, you know, faith community like so many of you are who are like, you know, don't accept a diagnosis, believe, you know, the Lord, trust him. And, and, and that's, uh, I'm not saying that that's bad advice. Um, but, it, but you have to, you have to take care of things in the natural as well as, as, well as the spiritual well, and not feel any guilt for that. I, I just want to say that. I think it's something that you've said before, and I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to cause issues, but it's important to bring up if a child had a disability that was visible, right? Um, those same people would not be saying, don't accept that diagnosis. Yeah. Okay, your child has no legs. Okay, uh, someone can't come up to you and say, well, don't accept the diagnosis that they don't have legs, right? right? Um, now, you can say to yourself, listen, this disability will not define yeah, my child. 100%. That's very important. And but, you can believe uh, for legs to grow back. Okay, uh, oh, we yeah. we serve the God of the impossible. What's that little guy who doesn't have any arms or legs and he preaches and he says he keeps a watch, a wristwatch and a pair of shoes in his closet. Mm-hmm. You know, we can believe for the impossible, but also deal with what is happening right in front of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, yeah. I just, I don't and know. That's, that's important and know that Jesus is in all of that, right. all you, of the above. You don't hear people saying that to parents of children with Down syndrome who are clearly missing a chromosome and 
or is it an extra chromosome or the missing one? I'm unsure. I know I'm it's not some an type expert. Of chromosomal please. mutation. Please don't judge me. But they have, you know, usually a physical where they can, it's physically able to be seen. Whereas autism, I can't tell you the amount of times I've heard uh, people say this and it's so ignorant to say, please don't say this. Uh, oh, but he doesn't look like he has autism. And you're like, oh, what does that even mean? What does mean? autism look like? What does that even mean? Yeah. Well, um, point being, point being that uh, your child was fearfully and wonderfully made yeah. regardless of what their ability or disability is. For us, we didn't understand autism. Yeah. She knew it a little more than I did. My extent of understanding autism was, I've seen Rain Man, the movie. And so... <laughs> so many people, yeah, not so just everyone, you. <laughs> when you say, oh, my kid has autism, they'd say, oh, they can, they, they're can they savant. They can play piano really well, or they yeah. can count really well, or I can take that's them to the casino and make a lot case. of money. No, 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 that's, you know. But at the yeah. end of the day... Um, we were learning what we were dealing with. Yes. And because of that, I want to bring this up very shortly and very quickly, is that, um, okay, when you find out you're having a child, you have a thought in your head of what that kid's going to do. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take this kid fishing. He's going to be my camping buddy or for her, you know, whatever that may be. Yeah. You know, um, for three and a half years of my life, my son couldn't say, I love you. Mm. Couldn't say a single word, actually. Almost four years. So that didn't look the way that I thought it would. And I wanna I wanna say this without offending. It might be impossible to do this, but just hear my heart that um I had to mourn the loss of a thought. Yeah. And that thought being the child I thought I was going to raise. And instead, I was faced with the truth that yeah. I would have a child that's different than yeah. what I thought. So I had to mourn that, mourn the loss of a thought. I think for many people, that's the first step to really learning, like to really accepting their child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You have sure. to mourn that. You have to let that go mm -hmm. and get that out of the way. And so, don't feel guilty no, if no, you no, just no. got a diagnosis Please and don't. that's it's how a you're feeling. Natural part of yeah. process. But I do want to say this. We are here for hope and encouragement. I want to tell you this. Be encouraged to know that the child you have is 10 times the child you thought you would have. Yeah. It's 10 times the child you thought you would have. It's, I cannot ex express the amount of ways, the amount of times that Ezra has blown me away, changed yeah. my life forever. That the God joy, has used the joy that he's brought. It's, it's been it, wonderful. Timeline-wise, and what we were talking about, we were fighting for diagnosis. Um, and then COVID hit. Yep. And we got into this other clinic. We fought, and everything shut down. Their actual parking lot became a testing, drive-through testing for COVID. And for it, Dallas, Fort Worth. It was impossible it was to get in there. Ridiculous. And so... Uh, we actually had our very first, it wasn't a formal diagnosis, but it was pretty much a diagnosis over via like FaceTime yeah. or whatever it was, Skype, FaceTime, something. Uh, and we, we got the news, I think it was like April 2020. 
And then we went back that fall, finally. In October to get the official. And we got the official diagnosis. And until you get the official diagnosis, you can't get all, you know, there's a lot of things that open up to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank God he was already in early intervention and been in therapy at that point in time in 2020. Nobody was in therapy. Uh, so we had, he had a year, nearly a year out of therapy. But it was that was a beautiful season for our it family, was. nonetheless. It well, and in, in like... Uh, it's important to say this as well, to take a pause and just say, like, we felt guilt. I know I did. I felt guilty at times. Should I be, should I be taking my son to be evaluated for a disorder that might change everything? I had a hard time accepting that that's what was going on, that... Oh, I wanted it to be a speech delay. If you're there, I wanted it to be a speech delay so bad. I wanted it to be anything but that because I didn't understand it. But like she said, getting that diagnosis officially on paper, I have like a half inch thick packet from a neurologist and a clinical psychologist signed off on saying, yes, your son has autism and here's the traits and here's what's going on. And, let me tell you, it opened us up to a world of, yeah. um, I don't want to say services, but there's been a lot of things that have helped us out, a lot of people who have helped us well, out. Well, and, and that's where we found out, I think the most hard news to hear of all of it is, no, he's not uh, high functioning at that point. He is yeah, yeah, yeah. the lowest of the low functioning. At that point, he was and still is severely autistic. Yeah. And... uh that was even harder, I think, to swallow for us. But it was mm-hmm. like, you know what? We have to move forward and we have to keep yeah. keep believing for him and keep doing all the things we can do to make him the best Ezra he can possibly be. So. Absolutely. And so that happened around three years old. And then uh, COVID hit and shut down the whole world for about two years. And uh-huh. during that two years, our son blossomed. Yeah. Our son turned He into, thrived. Oh, man. Like, just this. He thrived. He wasn't even in therapy. And he, I mean, so much joy. And he did, yeah, he did really well. He really did. He was at at-home therapies. After uh, that, yeah, once it opened back yeah, up. Yeah, once everything mm-hmm. opened back up. Um, I don't know. That time was just a whirlwind because yeah. COVID was kind of our little time to... Shut away and well, relearn what it means to be and I would the family say, that we should be. I don't know if we're going to like run over time, but I would say uh, a big part of Ezra's story is in the beginning of 2021, end of 2020, but the very beginning of 2021, we found out we were pregnant with Justice. Mm-hmm. And Justice is Ezra's little brother. Um, <laughs> the Lord told me, gave me his name years before and told me about Justice. And there was never a time that our family needed Mm-hmm. justice like we did then and oh i'm telling you having a little brother for ezra if you're scared of having a sibling please don't be afraid because the lord blessed us in a way that we couldn't have imagined justice brought life into ezra he, he became did. a big brother mm-hmm. and even though it's hard for him to make uh attachment and not so much now he he gets very attached oh, he's to people so attached. um but but then it might have been hard socially but it taught him so much in the responsibility aspect of having a little brother and a, a built-in mm. playmate for life and <laughs> well, then it, it taught it teaches him social skills that he's gonna need in the future like yesterday he accidentally shut justice's hand in the door and justice oh he's crying so bad and 
Ezra walked up to Justice and he got in his face and was like, oh, I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry, baby brother. And it was just so beautiful to see that our son was able to appropriately and correctly yeah. ascertain what was happening emotionally. It's a big deal for a child having age, having uh, relation yeah having relationship uh, with a sibling like that has been a huge thing. Todd, I think we should make this part one and do part two part and share more recent things about Ezra yeah, and all of his one. obsessions and his loves and all that. Yeah, yeah this is part sure. one. I, uh, I think there's more to this. We lost video for those of you who are wondering um, what had happened. What had happened, but. Um, Regardless, we're going to wrap this up this time around, and uh, we'll hit you guys on the next one on part two, right? Amanda? Yeah, part two. All right. So listen, uh, this this was a little bit different of a flow mm-hmm. than our than our three point topics. But regardless, if you guys are uh, impacted by what we're talking about, or if it's something that can ring true with you, or Maybe you have something that you would like to share with us. Please reach out to us yeah, at for sure. uh, not an island podcast at gmail.com. That's the title of our podcast at gmail.com. Um, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to uh, be able to reach back out to you. So be sure to do that. Also, um, please rate, review, subscribe, follow our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts wherever you're listening to this it really helps us Mm. out it helps to get the message out there so uh there's a lot of people who feel like they are an island yeah send it to someone who needs it yeah send it to someone who needs it help them out and uh yeah all right guys well god bless you guys god bless y'all i'm todd i'm amanda and until next time we love y'all